SVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Quick shout out. Thank you to both Chad and Clay for filling in for me last week while I was on vacation. It was much appreciated and a great vacation, but always great to be back behind the microphone again. And what a crazy day to do it. The last Monday of 2021. And, you know, we got to go off this week with a with a bang. And we definitely saw that when we look at what happened in the soybean market with some with some higher trade numbers there. Corn, not too bad. Wheat as well saw some struggles, especially when you look at at the drop that we saw mid-months here in in Kansas City. We'll take a look at that. And then on the livestock side, obviously, some negativity happening within the cattle complex. How much of that tied back to the grains and some corrections? But then we had some nice numbers on the hogs after coming off of last Thursday's uh, cattle on feed report and the quarterly hogs and pigs report. So kind of a double whammy. Shortened holiday week is what people thought we were going to have, but markets are open full week as we invite Sue Martin to join us. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I think we need to start there, Sue. A lot of folks assumed that Friday there'd be no markets because it's New Year's Eve. No, actually, there is markets on New Year's Eve. Um, and, you know, of course, we had Christmas Eve off, but New Year's Eve, there will be markets. And um, I have to say, I think that when we look at the markets here, um, you know, pretty enthusiastic. We're going to have a dynamite close to the year. Um, but as we go towards that uh, long holiday, well, not long holiday, but holiday weekend, um, everybody's going to be wondering, do I carry long beans over? You know, does the forecast change? You know, because the forecast that we're experiencing right now in South America was forecast to be this way into about January 5th. So by that time, we'll be coming into the new week on next Sunday, and I think everybody's eyes are going to be focused on the forecast. Will it show more moisture potential for the middle part of January? In the meantime, our weather uh, should be pretty chilly into about mid-January, around the 17th, and then start to turn warmer than normal uh, again. And so a lot of areas in, in the U.S. dry. The drought monitors are expected to continue to expand in dryness. And, of course, uh, you know, when you're bitterly cold and you don't have any snow cover, it allows that coldness to really push deeper and the dryness further south or deeper into the soil is what I should say. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I do not expect 2022 to be a year of directional uh, movement like we had last year uh, or this past winter. I think it's going to be more of a two-sided affair, but very active when it goes. And, of course, our inflation, uh, that was one of my premises back in February of last year or of this past year. Um, inflation was a key thing that I was looking at, still am. I think uh, right now we're looking at inflation of around 13%. And uh, I don't think we've even begun to scratch how high this inflation rate's going to get. Um, you know, we're going to see countries, it's been another premise of mine, that we would see countries go away from that just-in-time inventorying that started in the 90s and go back to having reserves on hand and that that's going to create a bigger demand around the world uh, for feed stuff and food stuff and um, you know in fact I had a client today who just came back from Costa Rica told me that he thought it was interesting at the ports it what he's seen where they were already building silos to put grain in 
And I thought, you bet. See, it's, they these countries know because of uh, the pandemic and then the uh, variations or the mutations of Delta and now Omicron, it's caused a concern because they fear that they, you know, they didn't ever give a thought to something like this happening. And now all of a sudden you can't get food, enough food on hand. Another thing, price of cans is going to go up 64% on January 1st. Think about that. That's pop. That's beer, uh, vegetables, canned vegetables. How many things come in cans? Think of that. And that's 64% increase in the cans. And that means food inflation going higher still at the grocery stores. So we're thinking as we go through 22 uh, on in towards 23, we're looking for foreign countries globally to be building reserves and that's going to pull on, so we'll stay in a demand-driven market. It'll be pulling the grain and needs too, proteins, but grains. And uh, we're wondering if we also won't see where foreign countries will build up reserves of chemicals and fertilizers just mainly because that's helping in food production. You look at what we saw, and, I, and on the second half, I want to talk a little bit more about what's happening in South America, but... These soybean numbers and the big numbers that we started out with this week, will that momentum, do you think, continue as we finish out 2021? Well, I think, you know, we have some timing here for uh, a cycle high. And so, but the thing is, the market might pull back for a day and then turn around and push again. When we look at this week, based as the March beans, the uh, first resistance for this week was 1363. We walked through that. And second resistance for this week is 1383, and that's about um, 12 cents away, 11 and a half cents away. So, you know, we're already pushing these uh, resistance levels out that were, you know, going to be kind of lofty. And we've already well exceeded the um, uh, resistance levels that we had for the whole month of uh, January. So that's going to expand our projections for uh, January. We do think you'll see higher highs in January than you will this month. Keep in mind the tip-off was when in, okay, in November, beans made a harvest low, so a lower low for the fourth quarter, and then turned around and took out October's high. So you had a big outside range month, but then you came back down at the end of November and closed the month lower. Well, coming back up in December and taking out that November high was very telling and stick around folks more's coming up it's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural our Fontenelle hybrids dealers can't say enough about the Fontenelle performance. Here's Don Blaschko of Blaschko Seeds between Ravana and Gibbon, Nebraska. We've always been happy with Fontenelle products. They've um, stand well, yield well. Since they're locally tested in Nebraska, they match our season and our climate and the soils better than um, other hybrids. For more on proven products in your area, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing this conversation with Sue Martin. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we were talking weather, obviously, in the first half of, of this program, but it continues to be dry in South America. And we see this in, in southern Brazil, into Argentina. And Sue, having said that, how much pressure is that going to put on our markets watching the dryness that continues down south? 
Well, I think that when we see the pre- the uh, dryness in uh, South America, you know, they're big exporters of soybeans and big producers expecting a record crop this year. Depends, you know, uh, if it's going to be 142.5 million metric tons, still a record, or is it going to be where the USDA is at at 144? Regardless, that's a record amount of production. But um, you look at um, um, Rio Grande do Sul, and they're in far southern Brazil, but they are number, let's see here, they're a major uh, producing state. But then you've got Paraná, which is also in that region, and they are number two producing state for soybeans and then, of course, corn. And so that has the attention, and I think, you know, you can't kill a crop till it's planted. So now the crop is planted. Much of the country in Brazil is catching good rain. It's just the far southern region is not. But then you go into Argentina, and over 40% of that country is turning dry or is dry. And so that's a big concern as well. Argentina is uh, number two exporter. And they sometimes buy a little bit for that title with Brazil. But number two exporter of corn. And, of course, the world's largest exporter of soy meal and soy oil. But when you look at Brazil, and as dry as they're starting to get in the some of this corn, or beans and corn, but especially beans, now you get into past where they start to harvest that crop. If they haven't seen a change in this La Nina effect that they're going through, it's going to be real concerning about the planting of the safrina. And keep in mind, it was the safrina Brazilian crop, the second crop of corn that put the peak in when it fully pollinated around the middle of May, which was around May 12th last year or this past season. Um, when it fully pollinated, once that was done we had priced all that in then the market went into this uncertain triangle uh behavior pennant formations and just kept weaving back and forth as we were looking at u.s weather this next season this coming season is going to be different and i do not believe our yields are going to be like they were this past season first off you got to remember we had on for corn uh, very few nights that you were over 70 degrees. We're already pretty dry. Example, uh, probably at least two weeks ago, probably two and a half, maybe three, uh, St. Louis, a lot of the terminals in St. Louis uh, basically closed indefinitely because water levels are too low and there was trucks waiting four hours to unload, you know, grain off of the barges to try to help them be able to get through what they could and at this time of the year that is just astounding so it tells you what happens if we don't get much moisture gratification throughout the winter into spring how dry is that lower river around you know uh, St. Louis going to get it's going to disrupt uh, traffic flow of grains getting to the port or to the Gulf to be sh- loaded on ships and exported so this next year is going to be real interesting looking real quick at the livestock any surprises for you in either one of the cattle on feed report or the hogs and pigs report well the cattle on feed report certainly didn't amaze me at all it was I thought it was very friendly um this morning we had april cattle get up to uh 144 
147 and the contract high of this year is 144.60 and so the bears stepped in and made it look like a double top the market fell back but it came down aligned with a 3 day average and then we closed out the day 24 lower not bad at all but after the cattle on feed report came out last friday yeah last thursday i guess it was um after that came out the um uh cash market the packers started bidding 140 for cattle and that i think basically you know kind of set the tone of how you know they were buying for a full week this week they're going to be buying again for next week um i think the demand for cattle is going to be good i think we'll see cash higher this week and um of course i'm very bullish cattle I continue to believe that by the time we get into April, we will have seen uh, April cattle sharply higher compared to where they stand today. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And y'all have a great day. Sue Martin's been joining us. As always, reminder, commodity futures options involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.